Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey, I just have a quick question before we jump in here. Are you, like me, a habitual intro skipper? I bet you are. Some of you at least are. And you're used to listening to Suncast and skipping forward. Did you know that I do all of the intros bespoke? Some of the outros are canned, but many of the intros and most of the outros as well are custom made for you. Like, did you know that we have a listener survey that many of you have taken? And it's given us so much insight. If you haven't taken it, then you're missing some stuff in the intro. And I'd encourage you to listen to them every now and then. But you can go to mysuncast.com forward slash survey. It takes a couple of minutes of your precious time. And I'm so grateful if you'd do that. All right, here we go with the show. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back. This is another Tactical Tuesday on Suncast. These are practical, tactical tidbits of advice and insight meant to help you in your solar and renewable energy career or business as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, founder, and executive in our industry. We aim to help you take everything to the next level. If you've been paying attention to our LinkedIn feed, or if you've dropped in to mysuncast.com, then perhaps you've noticed that we're doing these weekly roundups. We've partnered with the good folks over at North America Smart Energy Week, SPI and ESI, as well as our friends at LG Solar to bring you every Friday at 4.30, our version of a weekly summary and recap of everything that's happening with the SPI 2020 micro conferences. You can check that out at mysuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020. What you're going to hear is a recap from this past Friday, and I hope that you'll enjoy it. Again, check out mysuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020. You can get our discount code to sign up for these events that are happening as a part of SPI 2020. And you can watch all the videos. For now, let's tune into this Tactical Tuesday, the Suncast Weekly Roundup, presented by LG Solar. I think this week is a super exciting week. The thing that really surprised me about the schedule was the amount of content around community solar. It's very clear. Community solar is part of the zeitgeist. It's the fourth vertical, as it's been referred to. Uh, but there was also some really cool commentary, uh, not only from community solar, but the development community and the finance community generally about how this is really all about the people. At the end of the day, it's a people game. One of my favorite quotes was Michelle Moore from Groundswell in her session, Equity and Access, Building Successful Low-Income Community Solar Programs. She said, keep the people, not just the policy and the power in mind. And it's so indicative of how we're seeing folks really come together and the general energy of these sessions is really focused. And I thought that there were some real power hitters. We're going to talk to some of them today that highlighted how COVID is affecting financing, how financing is 
actually being done for storage and how that's going to take everything that we're looking at to a, a new level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned it already. There were a ton of dynamic speakers this week focused on finance development, like you said, and of course, the impact of COVID-19 and how it's impacted the industry from those standpoints. But my favorite takeaway from these sessions was that reoccurring theme that the industry is indeed resilient and has continued to push forward successfully during these times. You know, we want this to be a community feel and community effort. And we want you to be a part of our show and share your own takeaways. And we're so grateful for all of you who are taking to Twitter and LinkedIn and sharing your takeaways. Be a part of the conversation. Use hashtag SPI Suncast. Of course, the show hashtags, hashtag N-A-S-E-W-20 and ASU20. And lots of you use the old hashtag SPI con. However you hash it out, we want to hear your takeaways and insights on the socials. You never know. You might just get featured right here on the Weekly Roundup next week. Yeah, I mean, I still use SPI con too, so I know what you mean. <laughs> All right. So let's step inside the green room and go one-on-one with a few of these amazing speakers who spoke this week. Hey, everyone, we're here with Jesse Robbins, Senior Director of Structured Finance for Soul Systems. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks so much for having me. All right. So you kicked off the second week of SPI ESI, North America Smart Energy Week. Uh, how was it? Uh, it's a very unique format. Obviously, we're all in this virtual space. So just tell us a little more about your experience. It, it certainly was different. Um, I've been going to SPI since 2012, and it's one of my favorite weeks of the entire year to see everyone across the industry and catch up with friends. Um, and it's obviously hard not to be able to do that this year. But that panel was so much fun. It was such a great way to connect with uh, existing partners, um, to become partners, uh, some fabulous ladies on that panel. So it was actually a, a fabulous time just to pick their brains um, and ask them what, they, what they've been seeing in the market. That's that's awesome. I mean, I hundred I, percent I agree with you when missing this event, going each year, being able to connect with everyone. And obviously that being one of the reasons why it was so important, but why was it so important for you to be a part of this panel and be a part of this conference? Well, I was thrilled to participate specifically on the COVID-19 um, impacts on financing panel, because that's been our, our you know, the last uh, nine months has been uh, figuring out how to continue to do business in this time, figuring out what to expect as we head into the, the fall and the winter. It's a very uncertain time. I think we're all feeling very disconnected. And so I very much enjoyed um, planning a panel and, and coordinating panel around all of the questions that I have and that I wanted to ask um, other people in the industry and, and hopefully bring us together a little bit, share what everyone's seeing um, and, and figure out how to, how to keep going um, despite these challenges. That's great. I mean, there were a ton of great tidbits, uh, great insights that were shared by all the panelists and also yourself. Can you tell tell me about a few of those great tidbits that you took away from those sessions, from the session that you just had? There's so many. Um, a couple, I, I loved Cassandra's perspectives on consumer credit and what we can expect to see if we continue to see, um, you know, job numbers decline and just a general economic slump. I think um, Olga and, and several others pointed out it's been beneficial in some ways is capital coming from, um, you know, tourism, hotels, other industries is looking for somewhere to go. And solar is a very attractive investment, a long dated, stable, you know, returning investment. 
Um, so that's been a, a bit of a, of a plus for solar, but there's a limit to that. If we see too, too great of a downturn and we run into a liquidity crunch and we see something like what we saw in March where, where banks are you know, sitting on, on new business, um, that's something to watch out for and kind of underscores the importance of uh, federal action um, on this issue. And there are just so, so many um, things I hadn't thought of. I, I appreciated Jen's comments on um, maternity leave and, and parental leave, um, supporting families, kind of going back to the first point, just supporting families during this really challenging time. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point for sure. And you mentioned Cassandra. I'm going to talk to her actually a little later today. Um, so we'll, we'll also get her feedback on the same panel. But speaking of Olga, she actually left some great final comments talking about the positive outlook uh, when it comes to the impact that COVID has had. Um, can you expand on that and just the positivity that she shared? Sure. I, I uh, adore Olga. I've worked with her previously and she is one tough lady. It takes a lot to, to knock her down. And I just, I appreciate her optimism because it reminds us we've been through a lot. We've been through federal policy coming and going. We've been through tariffs that come and go. We've been through changes to, um, you know, tax credit structures that, that, you know, every year it seems like we're facing some monumental um, existential challenge. Um, yeah. and 2020 appeared to be a stable year. So of course, Something had to be thrown at us, and um, this is, I think, Olga's perspective is 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 a great one. Which is, this is just the latest challenge. We're going to see it through. Um, the solar industry has a lot of bright spots across the country, even without additional federal incentives or federal support. So, even though I'm still hopeful that that we can ameliorate the situation, and I think solar deserves and, and renewables deserve significant support at the federal level, Olga's comments were a nice reminder that we'll be okay. Yeah, I think one of the key words I pulled from that statement was resiliency, which is definitely something that translates across this entire industry. Yeah. We're excited to have you. We thank you so much for being part of the conference. Um, thank you so much for kicking off in such a great way. And we're actually going to sit down with Cassandra right after our interview. And, and we're excited to hear more about that panel and, and some of the tidbits you took away. So thank you again, Jesse. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see it. We just had a great sit down with Jesse Robbins from Soul Systems and are fortunate to be joined by another expert from that esteemed panel, Cassandra John, founder and managing director at SIF Capital Advisors. I actually never asked, is it SIF Capital Advisors? Uh, it is SIF Capital Advisors. Okay. <laughs> um, the business cards, uh, when we used to use those, uh, say capital SIF. And so everyone assumed it's an acronym. Um, but the name of it is actually, uh, it's a Viking goddess. And I thought it was a really good name um, for a financial and capital markets advisory firm. Well, that's already a great tidbit that I learned because I assumed that it was SIF, but, you know, you just never know. <laughs> it's funny. So we, we chatted earlier about being in the virtual space and how this is all unique and how we essentially normalize this. Um, I don't know if you've been to SPIS and North America Smart Energy Week in the past, but with this new platform, uh, tell us about the experience and why it was so important to be part of this conference. Um, so it actually is my first time attending SPI. Uh, it, it was something that when I first started my consultancy advisory, I wasn't focused on solar, um, but one of my primary clients is a solar insurance provider. And so earlier this year, we decided that I would attend um, with them and then, you know, it ended up that I was invited to be a speaker. So I took it as a good sign that, okay, I'm at the conference that I should be at. at. Um, what is 
you know, how I find being a speaker in a virtual environment, um, whenever you're going to be a speaker on a panel, you're always preparing uh, in advance, either it's video conferences or phone calls, and then you get to the live environment and there's this big transition. Um, so in this case, there's no transition. Uh, and, you know, is it a little bit more difficult to read body language and cues? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, when you do the prep and you get comfortable, and now we all spend hours and hours on conferences and video conferences anyway, it's just pretty normal. So overall, it's been a great experience. Um, and I look forward to doing more of these. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great panel to really kick off the uh, second week of the micro conferences and the second week focused uh, specifically on renewable energy finance and development uh, as part of that, that micro conference for for week two. Um, so just just to jump right into the actual session, you um, know that the session touched on the, on the current crisis and why was it so important to have that conversation, um, obviously, uh, with it being newsworthy and it impacting every single person. But what was also important about having that session? Um, I think the first thing is that COVID-19, um, it's not going away. Uh, we're going to have more of these things. Uh, and we can't just stop and say, all right, we're going to wait for three months, six months, 12 months to go back to normal. Um, there is no going back to normal. Uh, and so that goes into the second thing. So this is the new normal. We live in it. So I think it's important to be part of um that new world of how we continue to do our work and, and particularly in capital markets, um, which is a business that's often been built on in-person relationships, um, how we just figure out to navigate without being able to exchange business cards and hop on a plane and do a meeting. So uh, I'm actually, you know, I like being part of things that keep us moving forward. Yeah, that's great. And and one of the things that actually Jesse referred to as, as being one of the, the best takeaways that she pulled from from this session was something you actually mentioned um, about your interest in the consumer market when looking forward um, towards the next 12 or so months. Can you expand on that for those who actually missed the session? Sure. Um, so I think uh, in any sector, when you are focused on the job that you're doing, you're supposed to be focused on it. So I work in utility scale solar. I only look at utility utility scale. I work in CNI. I look at CNI. Um, but I think if you kind of step back, um, the ecosystem is not, we don't actually live in silos. Um, so the, in, during the session, I, I spoke a lot about how institutional investors who provide a lot of the capital that goes into large um, or actually all solar projects, whether it's residential that's been aggregated or um, big CNI portfolios or, or all of the different types, um, they get their funds from individual 401k holders, um, from pension, you know, pension money that they're supposed to invest in and return to pension holders. So what happens when people don't have jobs? Um, they have to pay mortgages, have to pay rent, they have to pay their auto, all their loans, uh, and they're going to draw that money from their 401ks. So if money is now flowing in the opposite direction for what institutional investors are supposed to provide to um, their stakeholders, they can't put that money into 20 year, 25 year projects, which eventually, you know, will yield the amount that they put in, but it takes time. So we need to see recovery in the broader economy. Um, I see health in the consumer market as a as an indicator of just how healthy our economy is overall. Um, so, and so I think while we in the energy space need to continue to be focused on figuring out how to do our work through this period, um, when we think about stimulus and, and overall recovery, it has to be focused on the consumer market first. Yeah, that's great. And and one of the things that that I also heard in that panel was 
was, was ending it actually in a, a very positive note. I mentioned this also to, to Jesse. Olga uh, referred to the fact that the industry is extremely resilient and she focused on all the positive items that, that the industry has faced. And, and can you expand on that actually too? Uh, I think, first of all, I'd just like to say Olga is the most positive person that I've encountered. <laughs> it was one of the, just the things I really enjoyed. Her energy in prep and in the session was amazing. Um, and, and I think uh, and then Jennifer also mentioned the same thing. She, she said uh, she gave the example of um, having to go. There was a project that was put on hold because the title is so far back, it's stuck in physical records. But for other projects, we're now shifting to online access to zoning and permits and moving that process through. Uh, so I think that that's where Olga and Jennifer were aligned, that we can take something and say, oh, this is a negative. What do we do? Or we can say, OK, this is a new challenge. How do I use that time to now be innovative and creative and, and let that fuel me to figure it out and then move on to the next big thing? Um, so I, I think that's definitely an approach to take. COVID is a challenge. Whatever comes next is going to be a challenge. Um, but if we take the mindset that we can adapt, um, and it just, it just keeps you motivated. Uh, I've probably, and I think I said this in the session, uh, I've done, this is the most exciting and interesting work I've done in my career since the beginning of my career. Hey, have you been looking for a clever way to get on Suncast? Well, here's your chance. We've got a new segment called Suncast Weekly Roundup presented by LG Solar, and it's a part of the all-new microconference experience at North America Smart Energy Week 2020. You can learn more at mysuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020. You can register with our discount code to get 15% off. You can share your takeaways for a chance to win fun prizes and follow along. And as I said, you never know, you might even end up on one of the segments, but you got to participate to win. Hope you'll join us. MySuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020. See you there. Have you been searching for that perfect rule that gets you into clean energy or maybe transitions your career to the next level? Might I invite you to check out LightSource BP? That's right. The global company focused on solar energy and low carbon economies backed by one of the largest energy companies in the world. From strategy around the world to action locally, you can be inspired and be the change by joining LightSource BP. By choosing a career at LightSource BP, you will join a team that truly cares about creating a more sustainable future for our world through safe and meaningful low-carbon energy projects. Learn more and find out what career awaits you at lightsourcebp.com forward slash careers. Hey there, commercial solar warriors. If you listen to this show, then by now you're very familiar that Extensible Energy's DemandX load flexibility software helps close more deals and faster by shifting to lower time of use rates and saving your customers 30% annual demand charges, all at a tenth of the cost of battery-based solutions. But did you know that Extensible also has a new solar partner loyalty incentive program that rewards your sales team with a generous sales bonus? Well, for now, until the end of the year, when you complete just three successful DemandX installs, your sales team member will get a $2,500 check or vacation voucher for when we all do get to travel again. This program also applies to your past customers who already have solar and could benefit from DemandX extra savings. Just contact Extensible Energy at extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast 
to become a DemandX reseller and get all the program details and benefits for yourself. Again, that's extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast. Okay, for those of you who tuned in to the Beyond the Panel session on Monday, you'll be familiar with my next guest, Utopia Hill, Vice President, Renewables and Project Management and Construction at Invenergy. Utopia, welcome to the Weekly Roundup. Well, hi, it's great to see you. Likewise. I know you're a veteran of Solar Power International and North America Smart Energy Week, but how is this experience in the virtual world with your panel on Monday? Um, it was very exciting. You know, we've all been locked up in our homes or we're working remotely right now. So it's uh, great to have an opportunity to network with people. And I have to say my feet hurt a lot less this year than they have in years past in FBI. Oh, that is so true. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, saving my knees. I don't have to walk around with orthotics in my shoes. Absolutely. Well, well, I thought that you guys did a wonderful job helping kick off the week of this finance and project development week. Obviously, Invenergy has a lot of experience. Your panel was stacked. It was a lot of fun to watch. But utility-scale solar continues to break cost records. So your session specifically was looking at how we're diving into new technology advancements that are going to be implemented in the coming year to 10 in order to further drive price reductions while still improving system design. I'd love to hear what were some of the favorite tidbits or insights from the panelists in your session that you felt were useful for the audience? Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, Scott with McCarthy, he talked a lot about um, the human aspect of what we're looking at for the next, you know, 10 years plus is uh, in solar, it's like a manufacturing line out in the field. So we have to find ways to shave seconds um, in anything that we can do from a technology standpoint to improve the efficiencies of field installation will absolutely help to drive down costs. Um, I think Jack with Ojo, uh, his technology allows you to install solar um, utility scale solar products or even residential in areas with, you know, Subsurface conditions that might be a bit challenging um, if we're looking at the, the Northwest or the Midwest or even the Northeast. Um, so I think that as we look at, you know, the people aspect, but also innovative technologies that will allow us to build solar projects where they typically haven't been built before will help us to continue to drive down costs. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the things that excites me about that Ojo technology, apart from the fact that Jack and team have a tradition of disrupting the racking industry uh, is they're looking to a future where solar does become ubiquitous, as we've discussed, and we have to move away from arable farmland, which we're seeing as a movement in places like France and other parts of the world. Of course, we have an abundance of land here in the United States. So it'll be exciting to see how these products are adapting as we move away from arable land into more challenging terrain. Well, Utopia, you also brought some valuable insights. What for you were some of the takeaways you hope the audience came away with? Absolutely. Um, I think one thing that's important for people to understand is it's the policy and the soft costs that could definitely help bring the cost down. So there are a lot of jurisdictions or locales mm -hmm. that really aren't used to utility scale solar yet. So by working with the industry to help develop different ordinances so that we can effectively build solar projects will be a great benefit to all of us. Well, one of the things that the that sort of surprised me generally, and, and it certainly must be 
related to the format. It were condensed to, you know, a half hour and some questions. But the promise of the panel while delivering on talking about innovative technology for me left a little bit of a gap around a, a roadmap. So I'd love to hear what are the solutions that you believe will be key drivers to the bringing the kind of utility scale solar ubiquity we all believe is possible? What's that roadmap look like for you? Absolutely. Um, I think it's important for people to understand that solar technology is still very much in its early stages. So that's prime opportunity for innovation in this industry. Um, I know that a lot of us are looking at uh, automation. How are we looking at increasing the efficiency of solar modules. Um, as I talked about with our racking and uh, the subsurface conditions, how are we looking at building these projects in, in locations that may not have been considered prime locations in the past? Um, and I, again, I think all of this goes to uh, policy and training people because a lot of these projects are being built in states where there isn't a large solar presence as we look forward. And we need to make sure that there's appropriate training for people um, as they uh, enter into this industry. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for bringing it back to that human aspect. This is an industry that has proven our ability to create and sustain jobs and companies like Invenergy are driving that change. So thanks to you, Utopia Hill, Vice President, Renewables, Project Management and Construction and Invenergy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Nico. It's been great talking with you this afternoon. Absolutely. And now on to our next guest. Okay, we are here now with Kat Gamash, partner at Norton Rose Fulbright. Now, Kat, you had a fantastic session, one I've been anticipating all week, all about financing storage and how to overcome the barriers there. Your session was focused on negotiation between sponsors and off-takers and financing partners to really have to overcome these common challenges. Tell us more about the conversation. Yeah, sure. It was great. Uh, thank you. Uh, so my panelist was very diverse. They had very diverse perspectives, which I think is key to this conversation. Uh, first, we had Lon from U.S. Bank, and she was really candid about how they finance uh, ITC eligible projects like solar plus storage. But honestly, they're still trying to figure out where the value is and, and how, uh, how to bank. Uh, standalone storage. And then we had Eric from Leyline Capital and uh, got the perspective from sort of a, a, a smaller, uh, more limber, if you will, type investor who has been very involved in both solar plus storage and in standalone storage financing. And he gave some perspectives about how they've gotten comfortable with, uh, with the financing and some of the creative ways they've been able to, to find a, a project bankable, essentially. And then we had Michael from DNVGL, and he's been doing uh, his consulting work in energy storage for about a decade, uh, which is probably just as long as most of us. Yeah. Uh, and he works with um, both the sponsors and the developers and the lenders. And he, tr he actually is engaged with helping people like U.S. Bank and Leyline get comfortable with financing a project. So there was a lot of really interesting discussion um, comparing and contrasting their different perspectives. Yeah, interesting. And you kept it lively as a moderator is uh, always a key thing. I'm curious, 
Do you feel there are any key insights that you and the panelists really were hoping that the attendees took away from the session? Uh, well, I think that the overall theme is that, uh, yes, financing energy storage does have all of the usual uh, barriers to financing, um, but they have novel twists usually. And um, and then there are also a few other completely novel barriers to financing energy storage, especially when we're talking about standalone storage. Um, but I'm really hoping that some of the audience walks away and, and now has an idea about how to get their project financed. I hope that there are some investors out there that uh, maybe learned something uh, from the panel and, and may get more comfortable with financing these projects. And ultimately, I hope that there are some people out there that uh, something that was said sparked some creativity and, and they'll come up with the next big thing that we'll be talking about next year. Indeed. Well, I've been a moderator as you uh, just were. And this is hot off the press. Uh, and this panel just ended around three o'clock, about an hour and a half ago. So I want to get a chance to turn the tables on you. Uh, as the moderator, your job is to ask questions. But not often are we able to leverage the fact that Norton Rose has been one of the key firms around financing and diligent projects for financiers. And you've spent a lot of time in the regulatory component of how not only projects get done, but how the industry moves forward. So I'm curious, given the uh, deep work that you've done in regulatory and policy, I'm interested in your perspective on the regulatory challenges that we're facing right now with financing storage. Uh, sure. Yeah. Happy to, to speak about it. Uh, I think that the regulatory landscape has afforded a lot of opportunities for energy storage. Uh, in particular, there are incentives and there are products that allow uh, storage systems to be able to stack their revenues and, and draw their um, income both from off-takers and from the market. Uh, and and that's that's been great for, for storage. On the flip side, it has also been fairly uncertain. And one thing that a lot of investors hate is uh, regulatory uncertainty and change of law risk. And uh, we're still dealing with the fact that some of these energy storage projects are basing their revenue stream on uh, uh, are basing their income on a revenue stream that's not guaranteed. Uh, It may be a a, a market product like frequency response. Well, you know, the RTO that is paying you for frequency response may decide to stop or it may decide to recalculate how it's going to pay that. So I think that that is a particular challenge. Um, and then FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, has been uh, working on a, on a few orders or has issued a few orders that are being implemented slowly but surely, uh, 841 and 845 that are uh, designed to help uh, energy storage uh, be treated sort of as an equal and also to help provide more opportunities for energy storage. Um, But regulation and the regulatory process is pretty slow. And I think that these are very positive, um, positive orders, positive advancements for the industry. But part of me wonders if we would have already 
been where we are now, if not for the regulators getting involved. Um, for example, the markets may have themselves come up with ways to integrate energy storage rather than waiting to respond to Order 841 and filing their tariffs and getting it uh accepted in part and remanded in part, and then having to file it again. And then it will be years before they're implemented from the date the orders were issued. Uh, so it, it is a particular challenge, particularly for energy storage, which is a new technology that our regulations really just weren't designed to, uh, weren't designed to apply to. So uh, it, there's gonna be some, some learning, learning uh, challenges involved, um, but, but ultimately, I think that we'll get to a really good place and we already are in a, in a pretty good place for energy storage. Indeed we are. And uh, with exciting things happening in California and on the coasts uh, around financing and new product introductions for storage, the, uh, the industry is only, only going to deepen our expertise and, and grow more quickly. And we look to folks like you, Kat Gamash, and Norton Rose Fulbright for insight into how the uh, how the landscape is going to swing in our favor or how we can navigate when it doesn't. Thank you so much for providing us so much insight as moderator on the panel today. And we look forward to hearing much more from you in the days to come. Great. Thank you so much. And now back to you in the studio, Glenda. All right. Welcome back to the studio. Good to see you again, Glenda. That was a great job you did on those interviews. It was really exciting to hear the different perspectives from the panelists and how their experience can be extrapolated for those who maybe didn't get a chance to tune in. And hey, if that is you, I would encourage you to check out mysuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020, where not only can you watch last week's version of this, but you can check the link to register for this upcoming week's activities. It'll send you over to register for the show and you can use our special code, which you can get 15% discount by checking out that page. Again, that's mysuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020. What do we got coming up next week is the Asset Management and Managing Growth Microconference. Let's take a look at the agenda. Well, it's an exciting week next week looking at how projects are managing end of life and thinking about tracking tracking data and performance verification got some heavy hitters kicking the week off and it is sure to be an exciting conversation anytime my buddy andy clump from cea is on a panel you can guarantee they're going to bring the heat wednesday we're looking into cybersecurity in the solar decade as well as overcoming local opposition to siting solar a common issue related to building out a solar portfolio. And then we'll wrap out the week on the competitive advantage of U.S. manufacturing and how batteries, bifacial, and other next-gen technology are giving leverage in the O&M side of the business. And don't forget, sessions start on Tuesday, not Monday. And as a small tidbit, you can actually access the virtual trade show to preview the entire list of exhibitors, schedule meetings, and check out a few other great products before the actual trade show opens October 21st. Again, you can access all our great content highlights, some takeaways from attendees, and some giveaways, and more at mysuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020. Well, as we wrap it up here, I want to say thank you once again to LG Solar for 
bringing this content to life. Thank you to North America Smart Energy Week for partnering again with Suncast Media to bring you this weekly roundup. It is my pleasure and joy to join you here with my friend Glenda Johnson, no relation, every Friday throughout the microconferences at 4.30 Eastern time. We're looking out for you, bringing you takeaways and key insights. That's us signing off for now. I'm Nico Johnson. And I'm Glenda Johnson. We'll see you next week. That's a wrap on this conversation, Warrior, but I do hope that we'll see you back here on Thursday for this week's long-form interview. I also encourage you to check out other episodes of Suncast and let me know what you think of these shorter-form discussions. Do you want more like this? We've got hundreds of episodes, resources, and highlights from these discussions, along with the social media links for each episode guest, book recommendations, and so much more over at mysuncast.com. And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with our Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly tribe exclusive emails or even joining our exclusive inner circle of infinite learners and clean economy champions we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, I do so appreciate your rating and review so that others can also find Suncast more easily. And a special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor, as well as learn more about becoming a sponsor if that's something that you're interested in. You can follow the links there as well to any of the offers that we've discussed about any of our sponsors here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.